Welcome to The How of Business with David Begin and Henry Lopez, the podcast that offers practical advice and tips on how to run and grow your small business. The How of Business helps aspiring entrepreneurs and small business owners achieve their definition of success and overcome challenges that get in their way. This podcast series focuses on the everyday common business issues, challenges, and opportunities that face the small business owner. So here now are your hosts of The How of Business, David and Henry. Well, welcome to this episode of The How of Business. This is Henry Lopez, and my guest today is Craig Ballantyne. Craig, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Henry. Let me give you some background on Craig, and then I'll have him add to this. Uh, Craig is an entrepreneur, an author, and an expert on productivity and success transformations. And we'll be diving into those topics on today's episode. He's the author of Early to Rise and also the author of The Perfect Day Formula. He's also a strength and conditioning coach, a creator of Turbulence Training, a contributor and author to Men's Health Magazine, and a member of the Training Advisory Board for Maximum Fitness and Oxygen Magazines. Uh, Craig completed his Master's of Science degree in Exercise Physiology from McMaster's University in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, and he continues to study the latest training, supplement, and nutrition research that helps uh, his clients and his readers uh, with their health and wellness, as well as physical and mental performance. Craig lives in Denver, Colorado. Is that right? No, actually, that's where the business is. But ah. I'm, actually, I'm actually Canadian. I live in Canada. Okay, we're in, we're in Canada. Near Toronto. Excellent. Well, welcome to the show. Uh, that's a brief background on Craig. Craig, please fill that in, like the fact that you live in Toronto and what you're up to these days. Oh, that's exactly uh, right on what you had there in the intro, Henry. It's fantastic. Our big thing these days is the perfect day formula, the book, the kit, the coaching programs to help people get more done, make more money, and still get home on time for dinner. So that's what we're most excited about. That's what I've you know, studied for so many years, and I really just want to make sure that everybody listening is going to get the most out of their day so that they can get home at night and be present with their family. Fantastic. And again, thanks for being on the show. We're excited on this topic. And uh, speaking of Toronto, I spent some time in Toronto back in the mid-90s, an extended stay up there when I worked for a company called Mary Kay Cosmetics. They've got an office there in Mississauga uh, and fell in love with the city. That's such a great area up there. Great time to be up here. It was in the mid-90s, that's for sure. Were, yeah. you, were you here after the Jays won the World Series, or were you here when they won the World Series? Oh, I don't remember. This was uh, late uh, 90s. Okay. I don't remember the Jays having won the series. We went no, to a couple that games. Was, but that was 92, 93. Oh, yeah. Okay, so that was it was after that, no doubt. And uh, we were there during uh, mostly winter as well, so <laughs> not pleasant in that regard. No. But still a great city, very... Uh, Cosmopolitan, uh, diverse backgrounds, great, great restaurants, such a safe city downtown in particular. At least that was my experience. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's just getting bigger and better every year. That's fantastic. All right. And so why did the business end up in Denver? Well, my business partner moved to Denver just before we bought Early to Rise. And so when we bought the company, uh, we actually bought a company that was based in Delray Beach, Florida, and we decided that uh, all those people that were working there, we would allow help them get other jobs, and we did. And then we moved uh, – well, we didn't actually have any employees at first. We were all virtual, and then we just started building the business in Denver with key employees there. And uh, now we have 20 people almost in the office, and it's uh, it's a great city for, for the employees. They love it there. They've most of them are born and raised, and if anybody's ever been to Denver or spent any time there, you know there's just so much in the city, but also you just get out of the city and 30 or 45 minutes away, you're in the mountains, and there's lots to do. So it's really wonderful for the community that we culture, which is you know the active living, healthy living, and, and uh, having success outside of work. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I live in the Dallas area, but my business partner lives in Colorado Springs, which is where I have oh, a couple yeah. of businesses as well. So Fantastic. Uh, very familiar with that area, of course. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get into it. If we could, Craig, I, I want to start with uh, your entrepreneurial journey and how you went from either right out of school or your first job, or I don't know if you went right into being a physical trainer, a personal trainer, I should say. Uh, tell me about your start in life. Yeah. So I actually went to college thinking I wanted to be a strength and conditioning coach in the NHL, the National Hockey League. Okay. 
And then I started writing before I was even done school. I got my first article published for Men's Health Magazine. And I realized I loved helping busy men and women get results. And so I switched away from the, uh, I guess you would say, the advanced athlete training into the busy person, weight loss and fitness training. And so that's what I did for several years. But I, at the same time as doing that in the real world, offline, training people one-on-one -on -one and in small groups, I was also building my online business where I was selling workout manuals and then eventually videos uh, follow-on videos much like P90X and the insanity videos that people can buy through Beachbody's infomercials. That's what I did up until 2011 when we bought Early to Rise and I started doing that as well. And I also coach other fitness entrepreneurs and entrep any digital entrepreneur to build an online business and you know create a great personality-based business. And then we write and uh, over at Early to Rise, we write articles to help business owners and then you know we sell books and a whole bunch of other lifestyle-based information products. So what year are we talking about that you launched your first online business? Well, that's a funny story. So in 1999, I started writing my email newsletter, and I was sending it out via Hotmail. <laughs> and so I had at one point, I had 3,000 people on my email list, and I was sending it through Hotmail, but you can only put 50 addresses in the BCC address box. Oh, so nice. I was sending 60 emails to send out one one email newsletter. So I, I sold my first product online in 2001. I didn't really know what I was doing for the first couple of years. And then uh, by 2005, it was a full-time income. And then 2006, it took off like a rocket. So that was my journey. It was, uh, it was a little slow. I made some decisions I, I should have acted faster on, uh, you know, too long to get a coach. That was probably the biggest mistake I made. I could have afforded a coach in 2003, but I waited until 2006 to get one. And so I wish I would have done that sooner. Interesting. All right. So initially, then you are kind of a solo entrepreneur, if, if I'm getting that right, as a personal trader starting to write, you had a newsletter. I want to understand then how you begin to transition, because this is a challenge for a lot of our listeners, transition from being a one man show to then having people working with you and for you. And how that did that just evolve over time a little bit at a time? Or how did that happen? Yeah, well, you know, the first thing people need to do, especially with an online business and almost every business, physical as well, because I own a couple of gyms, is to get an assistant to start doing the administrative work. I mean, you can't make $100,000 a year doing $10 an hour tasks. You can't even make it doing $20 an hour tasks. You could, if you worked 40 hours a week, you could only make $100,000 a year doing $50 an hour tasks. And so you have to get the little stuff off your plate as soon as possible. And it's very easy in this day and age of virtual assistants to get a lot of the digital stuff off your plate. But you can also, you know, find college students or people just to do a few errands for you a couple hours a day in almost any town. It's not that hard. So that's the first place to look. And then you need to start figuring out, OK, well, you know, where am I going to go with my business? What expertise do I need? And hire somebody to do that. And so, you know, I was getting video editors and that sort of thing. Um, and so that's how I built my business from that solo entrepreneur to a team of about three people that were working full-time for me uh, before I got into the early to rise business and things got a lot bigger. So I want to touch a bit more on the concept of the hiring an assistant nowadays, like you mentioned, of course, it's become a lot easier with virtual assistants. The challenge I've always found for myself and other small business owners is making that deciding when do, when do I have enough revenue? When do, when can I afford to finally hire that help? And you kind of get stuck because you can never be ready, right? It's almost like you have to look at it as an investment. But tell me about how you made that decision and, and how did you make the decision to actually go ahead and spend that money because you knew what it was going to return for you? Well, I'm just really lazy and I don't want to do that <laughs> app stuff. So I think, I think more entrepreneurs should be like that. I mean, you should, quite frankly, you are above going to FedEx. You are above going to the UPS store. If you don't find yourself being above that, then you're going to struggle. You're never going to be, uh, you know, making $250,000 a year. You're never going to make a million dollars a year if you're the person who cleans the toilets and goes to FedEx. And, it, you know, don't think that you, you know, don't think that you're a bad person because you hire somebody else to do the junk work. You're not. You need to be out there helping people because you are put here to do something a lot bigger than clean toilets. And so if if you look at it that way, you're going to accelerate. You're going to hire someone quickly. You're going to become a very wealthy person who makes a huge impact on the world. 
if you don't look at it that way, you're going to struggle and you're just going to wonder why everyone else is getting ahead of you faster. Did you come to that perspective at some point in time? Was that instilled in you by someone? Because that's not how people usually think early in their business careers. Yeah, I'm not a usual thinker. So it was always within me. Like I was as soon as I possibly could. You know, I was, that's what I was doing from day one. I don't want to do any of this stuff. I don't want to create a website. I don't want to take out the trash because I have these articles to write, these programs to create, these people to help, which is much bigger than all that other stuff. So you understood the concept of leverage and and, uh, and working on the most important things from an early point in life then? Yeah, absolutely. What were the influences you think that may have uh, guided you there? Were your parents that way? Were there entrepreneurs in your life? Did you read about people? Where did that come from? It was all just naturally programmed in my head. Uh, my family, we did everything. I mean, we were we were broke. You know, we made our own food. We made our own clothes. So it wasn't instilled definitely from family. And, it, and I never had an entrepreneurial uh, mentor at all. I was I always thought even until I was about 25 years old that I would just get a job and work for somebody. So maybe it was when, you know, I started getting a little bit of exposure to people that own businesses. Maybe that's when I started to see it. But at the same time, I, I knew I wanted to get rid of that stuff as soon as possible. So the motivator there sounds like you just, you knew you didn't want to continue with that life that you struggled through in childhood, if I'm reading between the lines. And that was a huge motivator to you to get ahead as quickly as possible. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah. I mean, I just wanted to really control my life. I didn't want to be answering to anybody else. And so it's really, it was a freedom and independence mindset from day one. But yet, if I understood correctly what you just said, you were working, you saw yourself potentially working for someone else until you were about 25. Did I catch that right? You just said that? I was still in school until I was 25, but okay. I knew I wanted to, even if I was going to work for somebody to make as much money as possible. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't, you know, even when I started, uh, you know, training people in the gym, it was like, okay, how can I charge more, more money? How can I get more people into the training sessions? Um, I didn't expect myself to be owning a gym. I knew I also wanted to open the on to to run the online business because that gave me the ultimate freedom and independence, location and you know everything. Yeah. So you were thinking about the online business as well while you were in school. Yep, absolutely. As soon as I saw a, a, a website in 1998 selling stuff in the fitness world, that's when I started my email newsletter that same day. Got it. So then you finally made that transition. Did you end up working at a gym or did you go straight to being uh, an independent worked, personal trainer? I worked in a gym as a trainer. Okay. So that, that gives me some good background then and shares with our audience kind of your, your transition. Everybody has obviously a unique transition. In those early years, you mentioned one thing, which was not seeking coaching early enough. What else, when you look back now, uh, would you have done differently? Uh, you know, aside from that, not too much. I mean, I networked very well. I created a lot of uh, great products. I suppose studying more copywriting. And one thing, actually, I do regret that I never uh, had an experience with is I wish that some point along the way I had more experience in face-to-face selling. Face-to-face, nose-to-nose, toes-to-toes selling. I mean, I I say that now. I don't know if I would have had the uh, courage to have done it because it was – when I was younger, because I, I was, I'm an introverted person, and I don't love that. But the skills that you gain from face-to-face selling probably are second to none uh, when it comes to being able to persuade people. And so that is that why you you were attracted and did so well early on with the online selling because that was more comfortable for you. Absolutely, that is a, a really great insight. All right, so so early to rise comes first or turbulence training? Turbulence training comes first. It's right. 2001, and you know early to rise was established in 2001 by a guy named Mark Ford. So that was a business we bought in 2011, but it also was established around the same time. All right, so let's talk about turbulence training first. I've gone to the website, read through it, inspired, intimidated, all at the same time. But tell me about this program. Well, what intimidates you about it? That's very interesting. Well, because I'm I'm the typical guy who has struggled with uh, working out and weight all his life and have gone ups and downs. And so these types of programs and personal trainers at at large, I feel like, well, you're just going to call me stupid and fat and it's not going to be for me and it's going to be too hard and it'll be something else I pay for that I don't finish. Okay. All right. I appreciate that. Um, 
you know, we certainly try and overcome that with the social proof on the side, as you know about anything, uh, Henry, that a lot of people are always going to have objections in many, many ways. And so one of the things that we try to do is overload the, the website with social proof. And so what you went to was a sales page for it. Now, tur so turbulence training was something I, I started putting together back in 1999 when I was a busy college student. And then I started writing about it in Men's Health Magazine for years and years and years. So that gave me credibility that made selling online easier. Um, obviously, it's easier going through that Men's Health type reader because he's looking for the workouts. And then we started branching into females. I mean, when you sell weight loss stuff on the internet or in general, uh, no matter how hard you try, you can't stop women from buying it. Um, so all of my original articles and, and sales pages were actually geared towards men. But even then, 40% of our client base was women. So we started getting more women in the business. And that's just, it was just so much fun. I mean, you know, people would buy these digital download manuals and then they'd get results and then they, you know, we had a membership site and then eventually we made follow along videos like you see with Beachbody and P90X and away you go. It was just, it, it's really been wonderful. We've built up a certification program. We've run 25 of those before and after transformation contests like people might be familiar with with Body for Life back in the day. So we've had over 100 winners, uh, just amazing life changes. You know, one guy who just won a grand prize in our 25th contest lost 75 pounds in 12 weeks. It's unbelievable. And to see the change that, that makes from a guy who's taken 15 pills a day to, you know, down to two medications with his doctor's approval because he followed an exercise program, just, uh, man, I mean, that is just so fantastically rewarding. So that's, that was that business and that's what we've been able to do. And, um, one of the things that we did in going back to that hiring question at the start is we have some of our best uh, employees and longest serving employees have come through first as customers into turbulence training and now work in our customer service department and our marketing department and are now trainers in our certification program and even run our certification program. That's fantastic. So, and I love the page. I want to come back to that in a moment. The thing I wasn't clear on, but that's because I was probably s scanning through, is I'm assuming these are videos and other uh, tools, but do I need any equipment at home to perform the exercises? Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, in, in the turbulence training one, you need dumbbells and a bench. Okay. Uh, we have another program called Home Workout Revolution, which requires absolutely no equipment, not a single piece of equipment. It's all bodyweight exercises, and those workouts are shorter and perhaps a, a better place for more people to start. Um, but the other one does require very simple dumbbell and, and bench setup. Okay, great. So I want to talk about the marketing of it because the page is something, of course, it's not, I've, I'm seeing that with other sites, but it's this concept of, I don't know what the technical word is for it, but a, a funnel that's one page and you keep scrolling down and it provides you more and more information, more testimonials, and you keep reading until you get to the bottom and that's where it's the call to action. So tell me about that approach. You've obviously been at this a long time and how, how and why that's an effective way to promote a product online. It's essentially the written form of an infomercial. So a lot of people say, oh, this is too long. I'm not going to read it. Um, it's just like saying that the Beachbody P90X infomercial is too long. I'm not going to watch it. Uh, but obviously they've sold you know, uh, over 100 million DVDs. So it works. And the thing is, is you're writing these pages for people that are really interested in. And it's really up to, to me and to my copywriting team to make the article interesting enough so that somebody who is interested in it will read it. Um, there's a lot of video sales letters now, which are almost just a video version of these. And they're 28, 35, sometimes 60 minutes long. And again, the same, pro the same question comes up. Oh, why would I read this? It's uh, you know, so long. But again, it doesn't matter how long it is to the person who is interested in it. So... Uh, that's why we put together that way. Um, we, if when you're selling something to a stranger, you have to give them all the information. Now we also have free book offers where it's just a simple minute and a half video. But to get somebody to you know buy a free book just for shipping and handling, it requires way less you know obstacles to overcome. So the 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 formula of the sales page is get somebody's attention stimulate their interest and their desire in the product, prove that it works not only for other people but also for them, overcome all their objections, and then show them that, hey, there's no risk to you. If you don't like it, you can get your, ref your money refunded. 
Um, but here are all the people that liked it, and here are the results that they've gotten. Here's someone just like you. And so you you can't do that in 50 words, 500 words. Generally, it's going to take a couple thousand words to to get your entire argument across. Yeah, it's it, I think it's very well done. And obviously, you, you've been testing and fine-tuning this for quite a period of time. And you know, I, I suspect from testing, that this is the way you really get someone that is going to commit, that is ready to make this transformation and have a success with the product. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And we've actually got some other products and sales videos that do better than this particular page. This is not our most successful page in the world and we're going to redo it. But, um, you know, it really comes down to what's called salesmanship in print, being able to be a good persuader of people to take action on the argument that you're trying to make. Yeah. All right. And then early to rise is something, like we said, a business that you purchased in 2011. I've been to the website, lots of content there, but who is it for? What is it, what is it about? Early Rise was originally created based as a success newsletter for health, wealth, and wisdom. And, and so that's what we are today as well. We, we want people to become healthier. We want to help them build their wealth, uh, whether as employees or entrepreneurs. We want to help them make more money, get a raise. We want to help them invest their money wisely, save money, uh, you know, reduce the expenses that they have, you know, save money when they go buy a car, stuff like that. And we also want to make them wiser, you know, better parents, better family people, um, just better people overall. And so that's what the website was started as, and that's how we continue the mission today. It was started by a guy named Mark Ford, who actually wrote uh, under a pen name, Michael Masterson. So he has several books like Ready, Fire, Aim, which is one of the best business books I've ever read, um, and some other books as well in copywriting and time management. And then we bought that business from him in 2011 because he was ready to move on. He had written literally over 2,000 essays for the website. So wow. we do have thousands and thousands of pages of articles We because we publish a new article every day and we send that out to our email list. And so it's a you know a thousand word article every day. And we the business has been doing that for over 15 years now. Wow. A thousand word article every day you're generating. Yeah. Who's doing all that writing? I write one or two a week, and then we source it from other uh, experts, a lot of stuff from James Altucher, a lot of stuff from Mark Ford and his other business, um, and then you know just th other thought leaders. We ask them for permission to reprint their content, or sometimes they send it to us directly. A lot of authors, Ryan Holiday, for example, Bob Berg. We just try and get really good pieces out there. They're going to give people actionable advice, in, told in a nice story format, and then also to make them think. Yeah, yeah there's tremendous resources there on that website, uh, Early to Rise. Uh, you personally, on your writing, how do you manage that kind of a deadline? Uh, I'm sure you're going to tell me you've always been disciplined that way, but how do you block it out? Tell me how long it takes you to write it, just so I understand. This creation of content is a big topic for small business owners, and so I'm curious always as to how someone else goes through the creative process. Well, um, like most writers generally tend to do, they get into a ritual and routine, they block out hours for it. And so for me personally, I write first thing in the morning and that's when I'm most creative and I can probably write about 1500 words in an hour. And so it'll take me about an hour to write a rough draft of an article and then probably about an hour to refine it later on after I've let it kind of sit for a couple days in my head. Um, I'm usually three or four weeks out in advance. I, I don't leave anything till the last minute. And then I'm also writing my books and my fitness articles first thing in the morning. And I really just crank out a lot of content. So I'm probably, at the end of the day, I'm probably writing 5,000 words of content between all the businesses that I have. Uh, it's very easy for me. It's a very simple flow from a uh, stream of consciousness in a lot of cases. And I'm, it's easier when you're writing about something that you're an expert in. I mean, I could write 100,000 words about fitness in a couple of weeks. It's just so easy for me uh, for business building. Also, especially with the online format and the online fixture and focus, it's not too hard for me to write about that either. So it's, uh, it all comes down to the expertise and blocking out that time and making sure that you block out time where you're actually going to be most creative. So I have uh, some, I call this magic time. So everybody has a time of day when they're most creative, most energetic, and they just need to identify that, you know, to, to have some introspection and say, hey, you know what, every single day at 
you know, nine o'clock in the morning, I, I feel like I could write, you know, a couple hundred words and I want to write these emails. So I need to block off this time for that. And so when they do that, they'll be able to increase their productivity in certain activities. So they feel like they're getting more done at the end of the day. And so during magic time, I suspect there's no distractions or as little as possible. Right, exactly. Only emergencies are allowed to, to get through. So you start with a draft. You don't do an outline. At your first writing of it is a draft. Yeah, I mean, it's just a thousand word article. So if somebody does have struggles with it, then what I recommend is just, you know, five points. You want to start with a story, then get into a teaching point, then use an example, then, uh, you know, sum it up and then give people a, a takeaway call to action. So if you, you know, wrote a 500 word article based on that, you know, those five bullet points, you'd be off to a good start. You know, that's a nice blog post for somebody, whether they're a plumber or whether they're a small business coach or whether they're a personal trainer, just, you know, doing that formula. You just, you want to get them entertained and, and into the article with a little bit of a story. Then you want to give them the teaching points, say, Hey, here's what we're going to sh show you and prove to you today. Here's an example of how it worked in the real world. Now here's what, you know, again, what I've taught you today and here's how you are going to go and use it right now. And so that's kind of like the general outline we give to our writers if they're writing something specific to us and not for their own website. And it really just gives somebody, okay, I can, I can follow that formula. I can do about, you know, 100 words on each one of those bullet points. And then with a little bit of editing, tighten it up and it's nice and it's good to go. The storytelling part of it is, is usually a challenge for people. Were you always good at storytelling and writing, or maybe did it become better as you uh, developed your personal skills? Tell me about that. Yeah, I wouldn't even say that I'm, I'm uh, really that great at it. So I was never a great oral storyteller. Like No one's going to sit around and say, hey, I can hardly wait for Craig to tell a story uh, at dinner tonight. I'm not naturally good at, at uh, that part of it. Um, but then when it comes to telling stories in the written word, it's really not that hard, especially if you're going to get into personal stories. If, if your blog or your business is based on you as a personality, then it's going to be pretty simple. It's like, you know, five years ago, I was this, this, and this, and, you know, this thing happened to me. And you just want to make sure that you create a little picture so that people can imagine it. So if it was five years ago at a restaurant, I was at a Mex Mexican restaurant. We were eating tacos and drinking Coronas over the uh, Gulf of Mexico. And that way, like even in just that one line, People are switching on the imaginative part of their brains and they're sucked into the story. And you don't have to be a good storyteller other than to information to get people to at least read a little bit more. And so that's all you really need to do in the story. And then just be, you know, clear and concise, short words, um, you know, Hemingway style writing. If people don't know what that is, it's just very small words and short sentences. And there's actually even a website called HemingwayApp.com. You can go there and run your writing through it, and it'll show you what you know what grade level you're writing at. And you wanna one thing I learned from writing for Men's Health back in 2000 is that you want to write at a grade seven level. And these days it's probably even at a grade five level because you want to make it really easy for people to read your articles. You don't want long words. You don't want to be writing technical white papers if you're trying to write a blog post that someone's going to consume and get into your world. Wonderful advice. Um, all right, thanks for sharing that, that creative process in particular. Um, it's valuable, at least for me it is. So let's talk about this perfect day formula, uh, what it is, how you created it. I think part of it is this three secrets to changing your life. So talk to me about that program or or offering what is the perfect day formula perfect day formula is a book you know we got tons of five-star reviews on Amazon for it it is really a compendium of everything that I did from around 2006 onward to become a more productive entrepreneur because what happened was in 2006 my online business took off and I no longer had to be a personal trainer so I no longer had like the structure in my day that you know, most people who are trying to balance a side income business and a real world job think that this is a bad thing. But actually, because it gives you so much structure, you actually don't waste any time compared to being a solo entrepreneur where there's no schedule or structure to your day. And you can actually end up wasting more time than when you had a job. And so what I did was I, I realized, okay, I need to figure out how to become the most productive entrepreneur in the world. And so that's what I did over the next couple of years, research, experiments, all that stuff. And then I put it together in a book because I had been coaching so many entrepreneurs on the same system, helping them get more done, make more money. And again, 
kind of sounds like a cliche, but get home on time for dinner. So many entrepreneurs struggle to separate their work life from their home life. And I really love it when I coach somebody and they say, hey, you know, Craig, I used your system. I knew I use your little tool called a brain dump at the end of the day. And I was able to get home on time for dinner and I was able to actually be present with my family. I was able to give my kids a bath and I wasn't looking at my phone all day because you helped me get everything done during the day. So that's really what this book is about. And the 3C formula, Henry, that you mentioned is control your mornings, cope with the chaos of the world in the afternoon with the formula that I have in there, and then concentrate on what counts at night, which is your family, your health, your friends, and your hobbies. So is, is controlling your morning part about partly setting aside that magic time? Tell me a little bit more about that because that's such an important thing, I think. Well, controlling our morning, I mean, we have the most control over that part of the day. We control what time we get up. We control what we have for breakfast. We control the first thing that we focus on. We control, uh, you know, if we're going to get in the car and get to work on time or if we're going to be late. We control whether or not we check our email first thing in the morning. We just, I mean, we just get stuff done because we have control of our lives in the morning more than we do in the afternoon when you know, your employees or your coworkers are busy bringing you these fires that you have to put out because they can't handle them on their own or your kids get sick at school and you have to go pick them up or you have all these meetings and phone calls. And so that's why the morning is so powerful for your productivity. Now, it'd be great if most people's magic time was in the morning, but you can't force that on yourself. If it's at seven o'clock at night, then it just, that just happens to be when you're you know, you're most energetic and it's everybody has different biology. So that we can't force, but we certainly can plan and prepare to have really excellent mornings so that there's a lot of structure in it. So we get a lot done. So again, you can leave work on time. Yeah, great insights. And that's a great clarification on the magic time because for me, as an example, I tend to be more of a night owl and I'll do some of my best writing late at night. Uh, and a lot of times morning, I'm a little slower to get started. So I have other rituals, but that magic time is important that you find your own magic time that works for you. Yeah, absolutely. I'll just say one thing, Henry, one of my friends, a very successful entrepreneur, he runs a nine figure supplement company and he works from 10 PM till 3 AM. Interesting. Uh, yeah. I mean, so I'm not one of those people who think you have to be in this 5 a.m. club. I think that's just stupid that, <laughs> you know, that you're forcing people to get up at 5 a.m. I mean, not everybody's biology works that way. And quite frankly, everybody has different schedules and different desires. So what I call is it's a 15-minute club. And 15 minutes first thing in the morning, just sit there and think about your number one problem or opportunity in life and plan ahead and, you know, no electronics. Just sit there. And if you want to get out of $3,000 worth of credit card debt and you sit there and think about it for 15 minutes every morning, you are going to figure out how to cut expenses. You're going to figure out how to make more money. You're going to figure out how to get on a lower interest credit card for your payments. And you're going to solve this problem. If you want to uh, you know, make an extra $100,000 a year in your sales job and you get up and you sit there for 15 minutes and you work on your scripts and you practice them and you figure out, hey, you know, who else can I contact? Who else can I get in front of? you're going to find a way to do it because most people just don't actually have any time to think over the course of the day. So instead of being a 5 a.m. club, just think about a 15-minute club. Get up. You have control of that first 15 minutes. You can make some huge progress, and away you go. I love that. Very practical. And for our listeners, if you've been listening to our show, this is a common theme with people, successful people like Craig and others that we've had on the show, this concept of putting aside some time in the morning to contemplate, to meditate, any combination thereof, whatever it works for you, but to think, I think it's a huge takeaway. Writing down goals is something you talk about and the power of that. I'm a big fan of that, but it, we translate it to a small business owner and writing down the goals for the business. That's where I see people, it slips after that initial planning that's part of starting up a business. What's your advice? What do you see? What do you do as it relates to your businesses in a way of writing down goals? Well, we try and keep it simple. One thing that I used to do, and I would get very frustrated by this, was that I'd make a, a list of like 20 different goals. And then I realized, you know, that's a shotgun approach to life. So now it's one goal in four different areas of my life. One for my health, one for my wealth, one for my social self, and one for my personal enrichment. And personal enrichment is like charity and giving back and generosity and stuff like that. So instead of 20 goals, I have you know, just four goals and really just one goal on your business and your wealth and figure out exactly what it is and focus, focus, focus on that. 
because if you focus on hitting your number one major priority, everything else is going to come along. Everything else is going to catch up to it. I mean, you're not going to be able to make more sales without, you know, being able to uh, attract more opportunity into your life. And so really just get focused, get focused on one goal. And then uh, as Vern Harnish teaches us in his excellent book, The Secrets of the Rockefeller Habits, all you need is a 90 day plan and a five or 10 year vision. And if you have those two things, you're going to stay on track, you're going to get ahead in life, and you're not going to be stressed and overwhelmed like I was with 20 different goals. So how do you go about determining which is the most important? Well, I mean, that's really going to come down for you to figure out what you want to achieve in life. And, you know, for me, I know that I want to take the message of the perfect day formula to the world. This is the absolute, this is my life's work in a book and in, a, in the kit and in the box and in the coaching that I do. It really is everything that I want to to focus on. And so for me, getting the kit and the book in the hands of as many people as possible is the most important thing. So that means creating videos, creating uh, special offers for it. It really just comes down to what the heck do you want to accomplish most? What is going to bring the greatest impact to both you and to the world? And, and how can you then focus on this? And what plan do you need to put in place? What team do you need to build to do it? So really, you just have to look inside yourself and figure out what the heck really, really matters to me. Yeah, that's great. All right, the other thing that you help your clients with is what you call the five pillars of personal transformation. I was hoping you can introduce that and maybe give us a couple of examples. Yeah, so the pillars, the five pillars of transformation came from my weight loss contest, believe it or not. So. Mm. In my weight loss contest, we have people send in classic before and after photos, and they have to write a little essay. And what I found was the people that won the contest always had these five, five things in place, and I called them the five pillars. And then I realized they actually helped me in life because uh, I struggled with anxiety issues back in 2006, and I didn't know that I followed the five pillars, but looking back, I realized I did. And so the five pillars are better planning and preparation professional accountability, positive social support, a meaningful incentive, and the big deadline. And when you have these five pillars in place, you can accomplish anything in your life from losing weight to making more money, getting out of debt to finding the love of your life. It works for everything. And I can give you examples on any of those. So let's let's talk about from a small business owner perspective, where, where should they start? If they're feeling overwhelmed, they never have time for anything, they certainly don't have any magic time, it's just reactionary every day going to put out the fire, where should they start? Well, you use a really great word there, uh, Henry, which is reactionary. And I believe there are two types of people, and they are proactive people, which are the planners, and there are reactive people, and those people struggle because they are always reacting to the world. They're the type of people that get up late, hit the snooze button, you know, end up in traffic, eat a terrible breakfast, end up tired at work, and get into their email first thing in the morning. And you just have to stop doing all that. And what you need to do is go to pillar number one, which is better planning and preparation. So it's one thing for you know Joe sales guy to say, okay, I want to make an extra $100,000 this year, an extra $10,000 this month. And then he, you know, most people don't ever go anything beyond that. But if you want to make $10,000 and extra this month, and each sale is worth $1,000 commission to you, then that means you have to make 10 extra sales this month. And if you know that it takes three cold calls to get one appointment, or you know, let's say 10, 10 cold calls to get three appointments, and in every three appointments you make one sale, well, then that means you have to make an extra 100 cold calls in order to get an extra 30 appointments in order to make an extra 10 sales this month. So then now you are doing what I call reverse goal setting, which is going and knowing what numbers you have to hit and then figuring out what, how you're going to hit those numbers on a weekly basis. So that's the level of better planning and preparation you need to do in order to hit your business goal. Yeah. But you need the, the one way to do that faster than ever is to in, instead of doing what I did, which was waiting forever to get a coach, you need to get a coach ASAP, and that's professional accountability. So you need to get a coach because the coach is going to give you two things that no one else is going to give you. They're going to give you expert advice because you're going to a coach who has been there and done that. You're going to go. If you want to make a whole lot more money selling things, you're going to go to a really great sales coach like Tom Hopkins. You're going to buy his courses. Or you're going to go to his seminars. Or you're going to find a coach in your specific industry. And you're again, you're, if you don't have much money now, you're going to start with free videos online or his book at the library. You're going to go buy his book on Amazon. 
and then you're going to make some money from that information and then you're going to upgrade to his $97 course or $500 course and then you're going to get to one of his live events or his or her live events and away you go just like that until you are actually hiring this person one-on-one -on -one to be your coach. And so that is the importance of getting a coach, the expert advice, and then having them hold you accountable. And so that when you mess up, when you miss a deadline, you know, most people are just going to say, ah, don't worry about it. You know, just get back on track. I mean, I believe in you. But the coach is going to say, no, listen, that, there's no excuses for this. What happened? What are you going to do next time? How are we going to avoid this? And they're going to sit you down and hold your feet to the fire. So those are the first two pillars that you need to get in place right away. And then you move into the third pillar, which is having positive social support. And this is surrounding yourself with like-minded people who will give you a little bit of advice, but not necessarily as much as a coach. But most importantly, these people are going to pick you up when you're having a bad day. And so that's positive social support. And again, going back to our weight loss transformation clients, you know, they had me as a coach and then they had other people on our forums as the positive social support. And the great thing about social support is that online social support works just as well as in-person social support. So you don't have to have, uh, you know, people around you in the real world that will be your social support. You can go online, Facebook groups, forums, all that sort of thing. Research shows that it works just as well. Yeah, then the fine. fourth, yeah, sorry. No, go no, ahead. go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm saying it's fantastic stuff. Okay. So the fourth pillar is going to be a meaningful incentive. And I actually had to change this one over time because I thought, you know, any old incentive will do. So, you know, just promise yourself you're going to buy yourself a new pair of jeans at the end of your 90-day transformation or, you know, when you make that $10,000 in sales. And I thought that was enough. And then I realized people would drop out when they had those kind of materialistic goals. And I realized that the people in my weight loss contest and even in some of the small business contests that we've had, you know, same sort of approach, transformation, show me your business now, show me your business in six months from now. The people who succeeded were the people who started doing this for their family. So it was, you know, the busy father who is 30 pounds overweight and he's like, I can't keep up with my kids anymore. So that's why I need to transform my body. Or someone who thought, I don't know if I'll be around for my kid's college graduation in 10 years. So I need to transform my health and fitness. And those were the people that stuck with it because you're going to come to some difficult days. You know, if in a small business, you're going to come to a day when you get more refunds than sales when you're just starting out. And if you're just doing this for the money, then you'll probably say, ah, oh, I'm going to go chase another shiny object and you'll give up on this one. But if you're doing this because you're like, I'm going to lay down a legacy because I want to help a lot of people. I want, I want to change uh, my customers' lives. I want to change my family's life. I want to give them a greater future. I'm going to stick through this no matter what. Then that's the approach that will get you through the hard times. And then the final de uh, pillar is the big deadline. And this one actually has the greatest impact of them all because the deadline spurs us to action. It's enough to get us over the inertia at the start because we'll look in, at a deadline and say, oh, 60 days or 90 days, I can do anything for, for that length of time. I can commit, no problem. And so that gets us started for the first couple of weeks. And then halfway through when we're having those tough days, we think, all right, I'm halfway through. I'm on the home stretch now. And then as you get closer and closer to the deadline, you actually start moving even faster and faster because you see that finish line coming up. And you do amazing stuff in those final few weeks. And the deadline actually works in our sales promotions as well because it's just in human nature for us to wait to the last minute to do anything. So I've run over 100 online product launches. And the number of people that wait until the final few hours to buy Henry is still mind-blowing to That's me. Amazing. So yeah. I would say – I would say one third of your sales come in the final six hours of your sale, even if it's a three or five day sale. It really is incredible. Yeah, it's it's amazing that whole and creating a scarcity to some extent is such a um, incredible motivator. But anyway, thank you for sharing that the details on that. Um, I'm going to come back to where people can find more about that. But as we start to wrap it up. Uh, besides obviously seeking coaching now at a certain point in your career. And I love how you explain that because I think that's also something people struggle with is they think that the only way they can get that is, well, I've got to go spend a bunch of money on hiring someone. But your point about go get it free initially and then pay for a program and then, you know, read their book and then go to a seminar. So that progression was a great example of how to be actionable on that and start with a low investment and low amount of time and then grow it from there. But besides the coaching, what do you think else has been a key to your success in your business career? Uh, great question. I would say it's the people that I've surrounded myself with. So yeah, I, I'm a, 
I would love to just stay at home and, and not, you know, go out to seminars. And even when I go to seminars, I'd love to just stay in my hotel room. But because uh, I am an introverted person, but going to those seminars, meeting the people, introducing myself to speakers, hanging around the bar and meeting people and getting connected. I've made lifelong friends. I've made friends who have helped me buy the business of my dreams, which was early to rise. I've found people who became business partners and I, I, I've found people who are just like-minded good friends because I believe what Jim Rohn said back in the day when he said, you know, you're the average of the five people that you hang around the most. And research from Harvard actually proved this in the world of health and fitness because what they found was if you hang around people that smoke cigarettes, you have a greater chance of becoming a, sm a smoker. Or if you hang around overweight people, you have a greater chance of gaining weight. Um, and it really is that connectivity. So if you hang around millionaires who are ethical and moral and share your values and who are good people, you have a much greater chance of becoming successful like them. So that was probably my next level. Again, it comes down to the people that you know, whether you're hiring them as a coach or whether you're hanging around them um, as, a, as a friend and just you know getting to know them and getting inspired by them. So that was really, really important to me. Yeah, that's a huge insight as well. That's a challenge for me, for example, being home base for the most part, as you can, as an entrepreneur, become very isolated. And so that's a great takeaway. Yeah, you can. But again, going back to what I mentioned before, uh, the great thing is uh, the research from, at least in the health and fitness world, shows that if you go and check online forums, the more often you're involved in those things, the more results you're going to get. Mm. And there was another post just the other week in the New York Times about Instagram, and it was people who connected with other people on these large weight loss cookbook Instagram pages, the more connections they had, the more results they got. So this online social networking is really valuable. I mean, we can joke about how useless Facebook is uh, you know, mo in most cases, but if someone wants to be a copywriter and you'd go and join the cult of copywriting Facebook page, you're probably going to become a better copywriter because you're going to meet all these people who are going to inspire you to take action, who are going to show you what's possible, who are going to share great tips with you. And you're going to become a successful copywriter even if you never leave your house, even if you live 100 miles away from you know, the closest person. You don't have to in this day and age. That's what's so wonderful about the time that we live in. Yeah, I love that. That's such a great point. All right. One of the last questions is about books. You've mentioned a couple of books already. You mentioned Ready, Fire, Aim. Did I get that right or was it? Yes, sir. That's by uh, Michael Masterson. And then you mentioned The Secrets of the Rockefellers. I didn't quite catch the title. What was that uh, one? Secret, Secret of the Rockefeller Habits by a guy named Vern Harnish, who also wrote a new book called Scaling Up, which is another fantastic book. But uh, Secrets of the Rockefeller Habits had great impact on me. Okay. Any other books that you've read recently or a book that you would recommend to our listeners? Uh, two books that are not necessarily business books but are very, very important to me is one is Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl, which will just show you that no matter what you're going through, there's been other people who have gone through stuff that has been exponentially worse and come out the other side uh, strong. So that book is mandatory reading. I think, I think high school should make it mandatory reading. I, I think that would uh, help a lot of our young people. And then second is a small little book called The Art of Living, which is a translation of the Stoic philosopher Epictetus and his major teachings. And it's a great book. There's, I read like one little lesson a day. I've gone through it multiple times. And it's, I, I look at it as my horoscope, um, and people will get a lot out of it. And it really, it's the foundation of my Perfect Day Formula book. Thanks for those recommendations. And our listeners, uh, you'll be able to find links to all of those on the show notes page at thehowofbusiness.com. All right, as we wrap it up, two final questions for you, Craig. Any last uh, piece of advice to our listeners who, again, are either looking to make that transition into becoming their own boss or existing small business owners? Well, I think the one thing that people should do is to do a time journal of their day to get a really good understanding of when they are most creative, when they are, um, you know, wasting their time, you know, when they're going on the internet and, and surfing all over the place and just getting a real good understanding of their day-to-day -day circadian rhythms and then figuring out, okay, if I want to start a side business, am I better to do it as the night owl approach like Henry or am I better to do it like the early morning approach like Craig or, you know, do it the way I did it back in the day, which was working in what, uh, Alice Monroe, a, a writer, calls the slivers of time, which is, you know, she was a single mom and wrote a whole bunch of books, and she basically had to do that while the kids were napping, and so you might have to do that. I mean, I worked on the subway streetcars 
in Toronto, uh, writing articles on my BlackBerry, you know, crammed up against 150 other people at 5:30 PM at night, because that was the only time for me. So just get an understanding of when you work best and chip away, chip, chip, chip away until you make the breakthroughs that allow you to either work less at your real job or to, to move on from your real job and become a full-time entrepreneur. And, and I know that people out there uh, can do it. I've seen everybody in all circumstances do it, and I wish you the best. Thanks for that. And where can our listeners go online to find out more about you and all of your products and books and all the good stuff? Uh, great question. So actually, to, that connects with that last question. I actually have a free time journal PDF that people can fill out at craigballantine.com forward slash free gift. And they can just go and download it there along with a couple of other really neat tools that will allow them to get more done over the course of the day, make more money and still get home on time for dinner. So thank you for asking. Oh, fantastic. And we will definitely have a link to that, the Time Journal. That's a great offer. We'll be sure to have a clear link to that on the show notes page at thehowofbusiness.com. And then if, if I'm a business owner, I, I think it's going to be compelling. A lot of people are going to be compelled with all the information you shared about the five pillars of personal transformation. Is there a website they should go to to get more about that? That's all in my book, Perfect Day Formula. So if they go to Amazon and uh, grab the book, that'd be awesome because there's a couple other sections in there, which I believe are actually even more important than the five pillars. And then if they want to get the full study kit, which is like having me sitting down at your kitchen table coaching you through everything, they can go watch the video I prepared for them at perfectdayformula.com. Okay. And we'll have links to the book and to all of that on the show notes page as well. So thanks for clarifying that. I have not read the book yet, but I have it on my list to read. So thanks for, thanks for the information on it. All right. Very good. Um, Craig, thanks for taking the time, for spending this time with us and sharing all this great knowledge. Well, thank you, Henry. I've been on 75 podcasts this year, and I'm going to put yours in the top 10 because you asked some really great questions. And that's really how a podcast becomes good is all based on the questions the interviewer asks. So thank you. Oh, I appreciate that. And thanks for being with us, uh, folks. Thanks for listening to this episode of The How of Business. If you're listening to us on iTunes, we invite and thank you for subscribing to our show. And we look forward to having you on the next episode of The How of Business. Thank you for listening to The How of Business with David Begin and Henry Lopez. We hope you found practical ideas to help you start, manage, and grow your business. If you enjoyed this podcast, leave a comment on iTunes and go by LevanteBusinessGroup.com and learn more about Levante's resources to help you with your small business. Until next time, thanks for listening and go live your dream.